0: "'So tedious, but I don't like to refuse. "'Step next door and the Tyler will put you into the picture. "'I'll just say my goodbyes and be on my way. "'Once again, welcome to our company.' "'I'm really honoured to have been invited to join,' "'said the entered apprentice, stiltedly. "'Yes, I believe you are,' said the preceptor, "'and I think I can honestly say "'that few of our members live to regret it. Goodbye now, and good luck.' CHAPTER Two, THE TIDE WAS AT THE Ebb. It was the moment of the held breath and the stopped clock in popular mythology, the most likely time for the ill and the aged to release their holden life and slip quietly away. Dr. Wainwright didn't believe the myth. Twenty years of general practice had taught him there was only one common denominator in his patients' times of death. They were usually bloody inconvenient. But even his medical cynicism was not proof against the magic of the moment. Landward, the seafront buildings, were a black frieze against a smudgy pink sky. On the beach, the last rays of the setting sun glanced palely off the wet sand. Stretching out before him to a shadowy and mysterious horizon, the sea lay perfectly still, gathering its strength for a renewed assault on the land. The only movement and sound came from a small figure close by the water's edge. This was Lucy, his five-year-old daughter, and she was part of the magic. She was attacking the wet sand vigorously with her little spade, piling up one of the irregular mounds she called her castles. In a few moments the tide would turn and wash it away. Lucy would be distressed, but no amount of persuasion could get her to build further away from the water's edge. "'Daddy! Daddy!' she called shrilly. I- "'I've caught a fish!' As if the girl's voice had broken a spell, a breeze sprang up in the darkening air and crazed the glassy surface of the sea. The tide had turned. What have you got then? asked Wainwright, moving forward. A shark, is it? Or a whale? He bent down over the little girl, expecting a piece of seaweed or at most the shell of a crab. But what she was holding up to him was more solid than that. "'and had something of the shape of a fish, though not the look of one. "'It it was in the hole,' said Lucy proudly. "'I dug it up.' "'Wainwright took the object from his daughter's little hand. "'It felt soft, but tough. "'He held it close to his eyes in the darkling air "'and let out a quiet exclamation. "'Bending forward, he immersed it in the sea "'and agitated it to remove the clinging film of sand.' "'Then he examined it again. "'What is it, Daddy? What what, what kind is it?' asked Lucy impatiently. "'I'm not sure, darling,' he answered, "'taking out his pocket-handkerchief "'and wrapping it carefully round the object. "'He looked down at the hole from which it had come. "'Already the returning sea had filled it with water. "'Another couple of surges, and it would disappear completely. "'Daddy, the water's going over my castle!' protested Lucy, "'her attention suddenly diverted.' She began to try to shovel the sea backwards with her spade till Wainwright bent down and took it from her hand. "'I'll tell you what, dear,' he said, thrusting the spade into the sand till only the handle and a couple of inches of shaft remained visible. "'If we mark the spot like this, we can come back and repair your castle later.' Now he picked a mark in the black silhouette of seafront buildings, a high gable with a crooked chimney stack, and taking his daughter by the hand, he set off towards it. Lucy, not at all convinced of the wisdom of abandoning her spade, hung back looking behind her. As the tide surged over the handle, she cried out anxiously, and when her father showed no sign of slowing down, she began to sob. But for once her tears had none of their usual softening effect, and after a while she saved her energy and dried her eyes. Wainwright hardly noticed, It took a great deal to distract his attention from his daughter, especially in distress. But what he was carrying in his pocket was distraction more than enough. It was a tongue. It was a human tongue. And it had been torn with brute force from its owner's mouth. Chapter 3 Four miles inland, the same breeze which sprang up on the turning tide sent fine white ash drifting over Detective Inspector Douglas McHarg's sturdy brogues.